You're listening to the best of the day. I say you the, you the best. Halford and Bruff. Whoa. Wait a minute. Huh? Hold up. What? Oh, okay. Did we just lose the f***ing Canucks? No, no. No, no. You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Drops into the slot for Kucherov. Low shot. Stopped by Delia. Rebound. Kucherov scores. I thought we rallied really hard. And we never quit. And, uh... Um, you know, that's a, that's a real positive thing. If they make a change, I think it's a couple weeks away. But I think when it comes to Rick Talkett, I think it's a decision that's up to the Canucks. Wow. Good morning, Vancouver. 601 on a Friday. Sweet, sweet Friday. No weekend drop. We'll have to do that later in the show. You are listening to the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Hey, dog. Good morning. A-Dog went to talk, and then as his mouth opened, Laddie hit the bark button. So it looked like A-Dog yeah. actually barked. I had the bark. wrong microphone up. So that he, was amazing. His voice became the dog. What a that. start to the show. I am doing very well. <laughs> Thank you, A-Dog. Laddie, good morning to you. Good morning. I decided to go with the wow, this, your, your Owen Wilson impression yesterday wow. instead of the week. Wow. Uh, Halford and Breath of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura Dealer. Today, uh, I mentioned we are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios. Jason, Jason, tell them about Kintech. Tell them about Kintech. See, you're getting a little predictable there. Uh, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Wow, 1,500. Wow. Uh, Big show ahead on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Wow. Wow. Uh, 6.30, it's going to begin with Kevin Woodley. Our goalie insider, Ingle Magazine, NHL.com. We will look back on the Canucks' loss. Yet another loss. Yet another five goals conceded. But this time it was a little bit different. Actually, it was a lot different, especially post game. But we'll get into all that in a moment. We can talk <laughs> about that with Kevin Woodley from NHL.com and Ingle Magazine. That's at 6.30, 7 o'clock. It's the Moj Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League. Six games over three days. And I was telling Jason earlier this morning, three games in the playoffs have a point spread of 10 or more. It doesn't feel competitive enough. Yeah, I didn't think about that Baltimore-Cincinnati line. Uh, that one has shot up, obviously, since Lamar Jackson released his statement saying, I'm too hurt, I cannot play. It feels like that medical situation might have been handled a little strangely as well. What am I alluding to? We'll get to it in a little bit. 7.30, Brady Henderson, ESPN, NFL Nation, Seahawks insider. I would normally be going into this weekend with a little bit more excitement if the Seahawks were in the playoffs. Heck, they're the first playoff game this weekend. The Saturday afternoon, they kicked the whole thing off. I'd be excited to talk to Brady. I still am. I am excited. I, 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 I think we're a little bit different. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for that five percent chance that an upset actually, sure. an upset actually happens. I mean, they still got to play the game. All the pressure's on San Francisco. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Brady Henderson at seven thirty to talk to us about Wild Card Weekend as it pertains to the Seahawks. Eight oh five. Note the start time. Eight oh five. Blue Jays catcher Danny Jansen is going to be on the show. This is exciting for everyone, but mostly for diehard Blue Jays fan Greg Ballack. Did you stay up all night 
coming up with a list of questions for Danny Jansen. Yeah, it's only a 10-minute interview, though, so I had to trim the list down. Right, that's bit. fair. Now, okay, so why are we doing the interview with, with Danny Jansen? Like, what, what, what's going on? There's the a winter media tour, tour, right? Yeah. Okay, right. Blue Jays winter tour is in Vancouver because they love the fans here in Vancouver. My so nephew is going to a skills and drills yeah. uh, oh. event that they're having today. Cool, where are they doing the that? Jays. I believe it's at Rogers Arena. They're putting down turf. It's like really? a bunch of, yeah, it's like a bunch of um, players Little League players, that you, mm-hmm. no adults, don't show up with your club. Okay. But a bunch of Little League players from across the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley get to do a skills and drills camp with the Blue Jays. Oh, that's awesome. There's yeah. an autograph session as well for some fans that got entered in. So, so Danny will be on. taking place. We can ask him about what it was a big offseason for the Blue Jays, obviously. A lot of acquisitions coming in. So working in reverse, 805 Danny Jansen, 730 Brady Henderson. 7 o'clock, it's the Moj, 630 it's Kevin Woodley. Uh, light night in the NHL tonight. There's just three games. There's nine NBA games. My beloved Leeds United are in action against Villar today. That's exciting. It's Ask Us Anything Friday, and we're going to do our playnow.com locks of the week. So we got a huge show ahead of us, but that's what's on the horizon, everybody. Now we need to take a moment, look back, and tell you what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. Oh, what happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? What happened? Canucks lose. Canucks lose. Canucks lose yet again. Uh, from the Tampa Bay Lightning side of things, Steve Stamko scored his 499th goal last night. And God bless the Lightning. They very much looked like they were focused on getting him 500. That did not happen. But the Lightning still won anyway, 5-4 against the Canucks. From the Canucks side, I think Quinn Hughes with a goal and an assist. Elias Pettersson a goal and an assist. But once again, the Canucks concede five goals. They don't score six. Uh, Colin Delia made 30 saves, but the Canucks now lose again. And this road swing that we said was going to be difficult has proven to be exactly that. Yeah, 0 for 3 so far. Uh, Florida on Saturday, Carolina on Sunday. Before the Canucks get to come home. I don't know if they want to come home right now, considering the firestorm around this team. As for last night, the Canucks actually played pretty well for the first half of the game, and right at the end of it, they very nearly came back to tie it somewhat miraculously. Uh, But the two goals they surrendered at the end of the second period to put the Lightning up 4-2 to absolutely killed the Canucks. And the Canucks are so under the microscope right now that every blunder they make on the ice gets magnified. But there are blatant and obvious coverage mistakes going on out there from Dakota Joshua not tying up Kucherov on Tampa's third goal to Quinn Hughes and Ethan Bear, both going to Alex Killorn and leaving Hagel wide open to score the fourth goal. JT Miller floating back didn't exactly help his teammates either. Um, Those two goals really, I don't want to say the ended it for the Canucks because the Canucks did manage to come back and make it 5-4 and very nearly did score uh, the fifth goal to tie it up. Probably deserved to get a 5-on-3 power play, or I guess it would have been a 6-on-3 power play if the referees had called uh, Sergachev's gloved punch on Connor Garland, which they should have. But, you know, it's really difficult when you keep giving up five goals a game. And it's crazy that you don't, you don't say. And it's crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's crazy that the Canucks actually played considerably better yesterday than they did against the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Winnipeg Jets, and they still gave up five goals and lost. It's the 19th time in 41 games that the Canucks have given up five goals. Mm-hmm. 
The Canucks are at the halfway mark of the season right now, thank God. They're 17-21-3, 10 points back of a playoff spot. Last season, when they started disastrously, and they had to fire Travis Green, and they fired Jim Benning, and all sorts of changes happened off the ice, they were 18-19-4. So they're actually behind last season's gotta pace. Catch, gotta catch up. They've only got 11 regulation wins. They've played 41 games. 11 times they've won in regulation. They've got the NHL's worst penalty kill. They've got the NHL's lowest team save percentage. So that's on the goalies, but also the defensive play in front of those goalies. Individually, yeah, they got some, some I guess, some good seasons going on. But it's going to cost them. Horvat leads the team with 29 goals. That's going to cost them. You know what it might cost them? Uh, Bo Horvat. Petey. Leads the team with 50 points. He had two points last night. So he's on pace for 100 points. That's going to cost them when PD's up for an extension, which he can sign, in theory, this coming offseason. But you got to wonder what PD is thinking about this team right now. And he said through his agent all the right things. He likes it in Vancouver. He's open to signing an extension. You think he might have some questions about this team, though? I think this team has dropped to uh, its lowest standings in the marketplace. I think this is the lowest point for the Canucks since the Messier era. I think it has to be. We had this discussion coming in, me and Halford. Do you think this is the lowest since the Messier era? And he said, well, I was pretty screwed up during the pandemic. And I was like, yeah, but like this kind of just, because that happened a couple of years ago, it, may, it almost makes it worse now because the Canucks – said this new management thing. Things are going to be different now. The culture is going to change. We're going to have a higher standard. The standard seems to have dropped. We haven't even gotten into Oliver ekman Larson being a healthy scratch and what Quinn Hughes said about Tanner Pearson's injury after the game. Mm -hmm. It's very telling and very emblematic of this dysfunctional year, what you just said, is that on a night where the Canucks went into Tampa Bay Went toe-to-toe with the two-time Stanley Cup champion, the defending Eastern Conference champion. And I'll be honest, very entertaining game. If you were a neutral, if you were, heck, if you were, I mean, Canucks fans have obviously got some scars going into this one. You're a Tampa Bay fan last night. That's a pretty good, pretty entertaining game for a Thursday night against a non-conference foe that's out of the playoff picture. Lots of stuff happened. There was drama on the ice. If this was normal times, we would have come in here and we would have been ragging on the referees for doing such a terrible Piss poor job uh, officiating that game at the end when Sergachev didn't just punch Connor Garland. Like, that was about as clean and as precise of a sucker jab that you're yeah. going to see. It's a straight right. Un, like, but also, like, unmolested. Like, no one got in the way. All the yeah. cameras picked it up. You Shorty saw it from, every, the, from the broadcast booth. Every, He's like, oh, Garland just took a shot. It wasn't one of those ones where you had to j- jump over a guy in no. a scrum. Like, it was just... There's a dude in front of you. He's not expecting to be punched, and Sergeyev popped him. And I, I all like, the refs just stared at it. And they're like, all right, maybe Garland threw one before. We don't know. But anyway, we would have been talking about that. That would have been an actual angry Vancouver fan, uh, refs route to screw us. But can I read this text from Dan yes, in Fort St. Yes, John? you absolutely can. Texted into the Dunbar Lumber text line about that play. I realized last night that this team may have broken my fandom. Any other season, I would have been screaming at the TV on that missed call on Garland late. But last night, 
I was actually happy it wasn't called because I didn't want them to tie it up. I consider myself an optimistic fan. Last season, I was rooting for the playoffs. And in the offseason, I was one of those, they've got a great offense. If they get some goaltending and the defense is average, we'll have a shot, people. But now I've booked my seat on the tank. It's Ask Us Anything Friday on the Halford and Bruff show. And there was one, one question in here from, I think it was from Mike, the urologist. From Brockville. From Brockville. He's a urologist from Brockville. I have it here if you want. And, well, he's got, well, okay, he's, he's sent in a few, but here's the one I want to read. Okay. Can you compare and contrast how the text inbox sounds this year versus previous years? I feel like for years we've debated management and moves and plans. And what he means by that is there are some people that agree with what's going on. Some people don't agree. There's a healthy, well, probably not healthy, but there's a good debate. Mike goes on to write, this year, I feel like every Canucks fan has finally come together to fill the house of negativity. Yeah, I think so too. Guys, we have been coming in on a daily basis and absolutely eviscerating the Canucks. The pushback in the inbox has been nil. There are no more legs to stand on when it comes to defending this team and how it's gone about its business. The result right now says everything. Yeah, the only pushback we're getting now is like, you guys being negative for negative sake, don't make such a big deal out of it. It's just hockey. That's what the... We don't get many of those. That's what the pushback... do not get many of those. That's what the pushback has come to now, basically. Whatever little pushback you're getting, that's what you're getting now, is it becomes the big picture, philosophical, existential debate about we shouldn't have this much toxic energy into a team. But aside from that... For the fans that are emotionally invested and want to see this team on an upward trajectory, there's zero pushback, zero debate. Everyone knows right Everyone knows right now. Everybody knows right now that this team isn't even remotely good enough. The players know it. Coaches know it. Management knows it. Ownership knows it. Fans know it. And media know it. The proof's in the pudding. They've gone out over their last five road games and haven't been able to chip away a single point against anybody. Anybody. Five straight games. Surrendered seven. No, what was it? Seventeen yeah. goals in three games. And you know why they can't get a single point is because they can't keep any team from scoring less than five goals a night. <laughs> That's Sorry, it. all I can do is laugh. That's at this it. Point. Like the you know when Boudreaux's like the guys are trying, they are trying. Everyone is trying their hardest. That's what makes it almost worse. Except for JT Miller, I don't know if he's trying his hardest. But most of the guys are trying their hardest, and it's just the lack of structure and the lack of confidence and the oh no it's coming tidal wave feeling it's all baked into the team now it's baked into the equation it's part of their identity can you um recap for the listeners what happened when Quinn Hughes spoke to the media yesterday after Thursday's 5-4 loss in Tampa Bay um there were questions being asked around the room uh for reaction to Tanner Pearson being out for the rest of the season. That announcement about Pearson happened on our show late yesterday Mm -hmm. that the Canucks announced via Twitter that Pearson would miss the remainder of the regular season after suffering a setback following hand-slash-wrist surgery. After we got off the air, they actually followed up with a second tweet where it explained that Pearson had undergone not one, not two, but three surgeries. So there was a surgery, setback, more procedure, then finally the team ruled him out. Actually, Bruff texted me. He's like, it feels awfully weird that they would go that right. You don't see it all that often. 
the detailed explanation of exactly what happened. Yeah, it was like three hours later and then said, additional information. Pearson's surgery yesterday was his second procedure since the original surgery in November. Now, Patrick Johnson of the province um, asked a rather innocuous question of Quinn Hughes really about Pearson and him being lost for the year because Pearson's a really popular guy. All the teammates really like him. Remember the, remember the Horvats and the Pearsons went to Disneyland together? Yeah. That was so nice. That was adorable. That was adorable. Anyway, yeah. Pearson's done for the year. Peach asks Quinn Hughes. Now, do we have the audio? The audio stinks, but I'll play it, and then I'll actually just do the quote verbatim for those that might have missed it. Here's Quinn Hughes' answer about his friend and teammate Tanner Pearson upon learning that Pearson would be shut down for the year due to his hand injury. I feel bad for him. I mean, it wasn't handled properly, and, um, you know, it's not a, not a really a good situation he's got there, and hopefully he's going to be all right. I feel bad for him. I mean, it wasn't handled properly, and, you know, it's not a really good situation he's got there, and hopefully he's going to be all right. That got a lot of people's antennas and radars up right away, mm-hmm. quite obviously. Hughes didn't have to say anything about how the injury was handled because he wasn't asked about how the injury was handled, but he went out of his way to say it. For those of you that are going to chime in that this is the media making something out of nothing, stop right there. Don't bother sending the text in. It was a non-leading question. Hughes brought it up for a reason, and it was obvious between that and the club's statement and then uh, Dollywell trying to reach out to Pearson's agent and getting no response, that there's more to this than, uh-oh, we tried something with your recovery and it didn't go so great. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a bigger story than that. I don't know if we'll ever get to the bottom of it, but there's obviously something out there about how Pearson's injury was handled, how poorly it was handled, and how it basically cost him an entire season. That's, the other big story, story from that. yesterday that didn't occur on the ice or after the game was Oliver Ekman Larson being a healthy scratch. And while I think a lot of people welcome that decision by Bruce Boudreau in a vacuum, if you're looking at this game in this team kind of like in present tense mode, they're like, yeah, he hasn't been playing well. Scratch him. And by the way, do the same thing to JT Miller in the next game. But I think what it underscored was the massive issue that the Canucks have with Oliver Ekman Larson right arguably now. Arguably their best defenseman. <laughs> According to Bruce Boudreaux. Arguably. He said arguably uh, the OEL is their best defenseman. And a lot of people on social media said, I would like to argue that yes. with you. Now, it's not a long list of defensemen that are way better than Oliver Ekman Larson. But while Quinn Hughes may not be a perfect defenseman, I would take him over Oliver Ekman Larson any day. Yeah, he'd win that debate. So going forward, we all expect OEL to be back in the lineup Saturday against the Panthers. Obviously, helps his cause that Travis Dermott had to leave the game yesterday. Bruce Boudreaux said he'd have more on that today. Uh, But I do wonder if this could be a regular thing going forward for Oliver Ekman Larson, where his his, his spot in the lineup is no longer certain. It just brings so many more questions, too. Like, is there any way... OEL is movable if he were to waive his no-move clause. Don't forget, he's got that. He's in full full control of this situation. I don't know if it is. The hard thing is if you look at his actual salary over the next two seasons. Okay, so after this season, he's got four years left on his contract. He gets paid $10 million in actual salary next season. He's also getting that this season, by the way. Mm Mm-hmm. 
then eight million. So over the next two seasons, not including this one, eighteen million in actual cash goes to OEL before it dips to around ten million for the final two seasons. Who wants that? Even if the Canucks were to retain half of OEL's salary, which I don't even know if they'd be willing to do that. Who would want that? Is there any scout out there, any pro scout or general manager who watches Oliver Ekman Larson and recognizes how fast the NHL has become, how OEL is only getting older, who goes, yeah, we'll take that on without some sort of serious, serious sweetener. For example, we've got an Ask Us Anything in the Dunbar Lumber text line. Ask us anything. Would you accept a Horvat trade that returns nothing, but you're able to offload the OEL contract? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. The Ekman, I would. The Ekman because, Larson because, contract is such an anchor. Yeah. For a team that has made it like explicitly clear that they want to clear cap space, that getting rid of it is like a win. If you're talking about who won win and losing a trade, like moving it, such an onerous, anchorous, albatrossian contract would be. Part of like the this that would be a great win for the Canucks. Unfortunately, getting rid of that cap is is there any hope? Because I think the Canucks are stuck with OEL. Is there any hope that he can find his game, or at least find some semblance of his game, in a different system? Like I know, I know it's not going to fix everything, and I know some people get frustrated hearing us talk about the system when they're they're like, guys, it's not the system; it's the players. But maybe a more conservative system where he's not facing so many odd man rushes where the forwards are more responsible. I don't know, maybe there's less pinching. And I realize a lot of the, you know, the the odd man rushes are actually the fault of in some ways the defensemen because they're making these bad pinches. But is there any way in a different system, one that isn't so hectic? that OEL could find his game. I'll take it the other way. Um, is there any hope that OEL can tailor his game to stay alive in the NHL? Maybe you could talk to Luke, uh, Luke Hughes, or Luke Hughes, Luke, Luke Shen about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Luke Shen had very similar problems, if we're being honest. The game got fast and he got slower. And he had to fight and scratch and claw to figure out how he was going to be a viable Every shift NHL defenseman. It took a while to get back to that stage. And to be honest, he's doing it on the worst blue line in the NHL. But ignore that for a moment. A part of Ekman Larson's issue right now is there's an accountability factor with the amount of mistakes that he's making, the amount of things that he's able to do physically. I think he's limited. And you will have you'd have to kind of reinvent yourself. It's not an easy thing to do, especially when you're making the money that he's making. He knows what he's going to get. But I don't see it. On either front, I don't see a coach coming in and being able to coax 16 to 17 capable minutes out of the guy. Yeah. Because if you drop him down to being a third pairing guy who's maybe going up against the opposition's grit guys or four checkers or, you know, I, he, his game's not suited to that either. I mean, for the longest time, his game was suited to being a guy that had the puck a lot, was in charge of controlling a breakout and getting, especially in Arizona, getting power play opportunities. All those things are gone now. And he's, he's what, 32, right? He's good. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's asking, around there. asking him to, asking him to make these fundamental changes. It's, mm -hmm. it's tough. 
It's a bad situation. It really is. I, I'll give kudos to Brad Shaw last year, who maybe struck, I'd say more lightning in a bottle than like a blueprint for how you're going to use them moving forward. But, you know, I don't know if there's going to be any coach in the world that's going to be able to coax enough out of the guy to make him a part of what would be a viable contending NHL blue line. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the day. I say you're the, you're the best. Halford and Bruff. And it's a 10 run inning for the Blue Jays. 802 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Sweet, sweet Friday. You are listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program. Blue Jays catcher Danny Jansen is going to join us momentarily here. Well, off-season baseball is the Blue Jays' off-season winter tour rolls through Vancouver. Hour three of the program is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Jason, would you like to tell everybody about Kintech Footwear and Orthotics? Because they are the title sponsor of our studio here at Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio and... Of course, that's sponsored by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics. I've got to go there. I need some new shoes. Canada's favorite orthotics provider. They have shoes and orthotics. Oh. Supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Wow. 1,500. Mm-hmm. Wow. we got to do an update on that. I bet it's up to 1,600 right now. We could just look. We could look. But I don't want to change the copy. That's someone's job we'd be taking away there. Uh, as mentioned, Danny Jansen is going to join us in just a few minutes here. Uh, the Blue Jays' annual winter tour uh, is rolling through this weekend. There's autograph sessions, various fan engagements, a skills and drills thing for the, the youth baseball players in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley. Uh, it'll be interesting because the Jays have had a very active offseason. We spent most of the break, we're like, this guy's gone, this guy's you know come in. Dalton Varsho, you forget about some of those. Kevin Kiermeyer, Merriweather. It's been a very active offseason period for Major League Baseball. But the Jays are at that stage now where it's hopefully the next step in their progression, the next evolution, because, you know, you you harped on this a couple times, and, and I think you were harping on it because you felt like enough me- media members weren't saying it. Just how disappointing that loss was for the Blue Jays last year, how it shouldn't have just been we're happy to get back in the oh, postseason. I think their last two seasons, yeah, the way they've played baseball, if you just look at their their win-loss record, their run differential – they haven't won a playoff game. Yeah, didn't make the playoffs the year before. Made the playoffs in this one, and were swept by the Mariners. That's that's disappointing. And you know, expectations for the Jays should be to go on a run in the playoffs. They are that talented a group. Are they the perfect team? No, but they're better than zero and two in the playoffs in over the last two seasons. 
We got Danny on the line now, do we not? So the Blue Jays' annual winter tour continues right now on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Joining us, Blue Jays catcher Danny Jansen on the phone now on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Danny. How are you? Hey, guys. Good. How you doing? Uh, we're good. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Uh, thoughts on Vancouver so far? I don't know if you've ever had a chance to get out here before, but uh, we made sure that it rained for you like we just wanted to make sure you get the full vancouver experience but i was mentioning that the 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 annual winter tour includes a lot more than just this radio hit obviously you're going to work with some youth baseball players there's fan engagement autograph signings but i'm uh, curious to get your thoughts on vancouver your first time out here yeah first time for me yep uh it's starting to to, to get a little light outside now i got here in the dark and, and this morning i was up a little bit and it was dark out so i'm excited to see the city uh it looks gorgeous and i've heard nothing but great things about it so uh, really excited to be out here for tour. Uh, how excited are you for the upcoming campaign? I know it's a ways away, but we just ran through all the different moves that your organization made to get better, to further advance what you guys started last year. Uh, amongst you know the guys in the room and your teammates, how much excitement is there that you guys added the type of players that you did and the volume of them? Yeah, yeah, super exciting. You know, obviously the way that the season ended last year, um, you know, it wasn't. What, what we wanted, but the experience of being there again and playing those meaningful games and then now adding, you know, the guys that we added, and, um, it, it's super, super exciting. I can't wait to get back and, and to meet them. And I heard nothing but great things about them just as humans and obviously playing against some guys and, and seeing them, what they can do on the field too. It's uh, it's a very exciting time. What have you and your teammates learned playing in those meaningful games, despite the fact that they didn't end the way you wanted them to? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, anytime you get playoff experience is good. And, uh, you know, obviously playing in our home stadium and, and, and seeing that was absolutely incredible. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the, the second game there, it was just a really a wild game. And, and uh, you know, it's not that there was ever, you know, a lack of, of focus or anything when we had the lead. It's just you never know what's going to happen. So you just want to step on, you know, step on the gas and stay on it. And, you know, baseball's wild. So I think it's just the experience of a lot of us. You know, that was my second time in playoffs, but, uh, like the first time with fans, uh, so just getting that you know under under your belt and and seeing that and playing in that atmosphere was was good. So it's always a good thing. This might seem like an obvious question, but you know we don't get to play the listeners and us and the media. We don't get to play in front of fans. How does it change things when the fans are there in pressure situations? Yeah, it's you know it's uh, it's it's hard to explain. I don't know. It's, it's incredible, really. That's that's the words for that I can think of. It's it's something that, you know, we, we obviously, you know, we play this game and, and, and to be in these situations and to have the support and feel that, and especially, the, you know, the home field and having your home fans. And, you know, it's so loud where you can hardly hear the guy next to you. Like that's, that is the feeling that you get and the sensation of that is, is it's hard to put into words. So, um, yeah, it's, that's pretty much what I got for it. it. It's a lot of fun. It's really exciting. And obviously you want to play in front of your home base uh, as much as you can. We're speaking to Blue Jays catcher Danny Jansen here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, Danny, the life of a baseball player, it's portable, right? you got to be able to get up and move at a moment's notice. Guys get shipped out. Guys sign. Sometimes it's guys that maybe your organization has had a run-in in the past. So, I, I, you know, it's funny. When the Kiermaier deal came together, it's like there was a rival. It's the Jays and the Rays. But there was a certain... Uh, individuality to it because of what, uh, everything that happened with Kiermaier last year with the data card thing and then getting plunked in the aftermath. Now, it's interesting because you guys have to put all that aside, but in the immediate reaction,
reaction when you hear like, oh, we've got Kevin Kiermaier. What's the first thing that pops into your head? Yeah, it definitely wasn't that. The first thing that popped into my head. You know, <laughs> right. The first thing that popped in my head is this guy. This guy is an absolute ball hawk in, in, in the outfield. And obviously he's been doing it for years and a tremendous defensive player and uh, super fast. So um super excited, you know, when I saw that. And, and uh, I just being able to watch him play and watch him, you know, there's been plenty of times, you know, not only me, but seeing just balls hit that you think is a base hit or something in, in the alley and he's making a play on it. So uh, it's always great when you got that on our team now. And um, so, yeah, I was, I was excited. Uh, now, I mentioned that, you know, baseball players are portable. I have to be ready to move at a moment's notice. There was obviously going to be some move behind the plate this year because with you and Alejandro and Gabriel, someone had to go. And it was Gabriel Moreno who was traded in the um, the D-backs trade for Varsho. And it goes with Lourdes Gurriel as well. But, um, you know, it could have easily been you. It could have easily been Alejandro Kirk as well. So your off season was there a lot of uh, trepidation or concern about being on the move, or was it one of those things where it's like this is part of the gig? I kind of have to deal with this. Yeah, it's part of the gig. You know, it's uh, it's something that I you know just would try to stay out of, just because you know I'm trying to stay you know, level headed and 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 just kind of working on um, you know working on myself this off season and working on improving in my game and stuff and. It's just, it's always, you know, when you have all, all different sorts of thoughts and, and, and kind of diving into stuff that you may read or, or whatnot. I mean, I just didn't, I wasn't all about it. So, so yeah, I was just trying to really stay out of it and, um, you know, and, and, and just keep my head down and keep working on myself. And then obviously, you know, that, that move happened. So I think the unique situation having, having three, you know, starting catchers yeah. on a team. So, um, so yeah. With a different landscape now, uh, what's the one big thing that you've been working on? You mentioned you've been working on yourself this offseason. What's the one big thing you've been working on? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for me, it's building off of what I did with the bat last year, and, and this is a, a real nice uh, offseason for me. There's been uh, – where, where I have, you know, I have definitely have some, you know, confidence from last year, but I have a, a real foundation and base of, of where my swing's at and, and how I feel. And I think that that's just been through struggle and finding myself and kind of finding out what – what is my strength and going with that. So it's been, uh, you know, relaxing, you know, mentally just kind of building off instead of kind of really working on, a, you know, tons of things. So it's really building off with offense and then, you know, defensively, I want to, I want to, you know, uh, improve rec- receiving. So, you know, I'm working on, uh, kind of a, a simpler move and, and something that I think is really going to help me out with, with all uh, quadrants. Uh, before we announced that you were coming on the show, we threw it out to our listeners. If they had any questions for Danny Jansen and one did, uh, it's by okay. Minor Leaguer, which is interesting. Uh, he wants to know, what gift or gifts would you need from newly acquired Blue Jay Brandon Belt to give up number nine, Danny? <laughs> yeah. Um, has, that, has that conversation already happened? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. You know, he, he – I, I got nothing but respect for him and, uh, you know, for the whole situation that, that that is, right, when somebody comes over and it's their number and – so yeah, he, he he reached out to me actually, and, and and was asking. He's like, hey, you know, uh, you know, if you're you know a little bit attached to it, that's quite all right. He doesn't really care that much. He would tr- you know, pick a different number and all that. And I said, listen, I I got respect uh, for you for what you've done and for this whole situation. I said, uh, you know, uh, you know, a little bit attached to it, but uh, you know, it's it's if you want it, then then you can have it. So it's, it's one of those conversations where it's like, you know, I've seen it happen and and definitely you know willing to do it. It's just. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a unique situation. So, what gift? I mean, I don't I don't really I don't really you know care too much. I just got respect for for the guy. So, 
even just you know, giving it up for him. And, and no, try and get something. Yeah, you're, try and get something. Dan- Baseball players make a lot of money. Yeah. You can get something good. I was going to say, Danny, I'll close this by saying you're a much bigger man than I because my first answer would have been Rolex, and then I would have moved on from there. So <laughs> anyway, hey, you know what? Thanks for taking the time to do this. We really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Enjoy the winter tour and everything that you got over the next couple of days, and uh, best of luck when the season gets underway, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks thank you. That's Danny Jansen, Blue Jays catcher here on the Halford & Bruff Show. On Sportsnet 650. Uh, so it's Ask Us Anything Friday on the Halford and Bruff Show. And we do have a bunch of questions. And if you want to send any questions, text them into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. It's Ask Us Anything. So you can ask us anything. Yep. It can be about the Canucks. It can be about sports, movies, entertainment, life in general. Austin and Langley, ask us anything. If of the current defensemen on the team... How many do you think will be on the team next year? Is the over-under set at two and a half? Uh, okay, re- re- repeat that one again, sorry. Of the defensemen that are currently on the active How many roster. do you think will be on the team next year? And Austin and Langley says, is the over-under set at two and a half? Well, if the over-under is set at two and a half, I'm taking the over. Because Quinn Hughes is going to be here. Check. I think Ekman Larson is still going to be here because I just don't know if – I don't think they're going to buy him out, and I don't think they'll be able to move him. Could be going Robida Island. I think Ethan Bear is going to be here again. Okay. So that's three. You've already de- you've already accomplished your goal of going over two and a half. Yeah, two yeah, and a half w- too I, low. Two I would probably low. set the like, – You Travis- don't think they'll sign Shen? I mean, yeah, I think Shen yeah, is going to yeah. be back. Yeah, I think yeah. Shen is going to be back as well. I think Shen – now, this rarely happens, but I think Shen is, it's very possible that Shen would get traded at the deadline trade and, sign, yeah. and then re-sign with the Canucks yeah. on July 1st or whatever. Not I, I don't sign and trade. I don't say trade that about, sign. I don't say that about many players because I think what happens oftentimes is you're traded and it kind of does something to the relationship. But I think Luke Shen just wants to live in the market. Yeah. I think he wants to be here. He's won his Stanley Cups. And I think he really likes Vancouver. They need and to I think a, the Canucks. Uh, I think the Canucks value Luke Shen. So I think there's an there's another guy that's going to be here. I don't know about Travis Dermott. He's a pending RFA, and his health seems to be very much in, up in the air. I think Kyle Burroughs has a good chance to be back, at least as a depth defenseman. Now, uh, I think the fact that he can't get into the lineup on a regular basis is probably a problem. But I think the Canucks, from what I've heard, like him just to be a, a member of the team. Uh, I don't think Myers is going to be back. I think the Canucks will find a way to trade him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be wrong on that because they've had issues moving out salary, but I feel like they'll figure out something with him, especially if they're willing to wait until after his bonus is paid out and then he's traded. Um, you know, I got Stillman's under contract for another year. Yeah, he could be back. But here's the issue. I mean, we're going through all these names here and we're like, Man, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be back. So maybe they do make a decision on a guy like Kyle Burroughs and say, "Hey, we like you, but we need to bring in some new blood here, right? Like um, we just can't. Maybe we'll we'll sign you if you're willing to sign a I don't know a two way deal or something along those lines. But you might be in Abbotsford then, and Kyle Burroughs might be like, you know what, I'll go somewhere else. It is crazy to go through that list like we have done though." And be like, yeah, I think he'll be back, and he'll be back. And we came up to like four or five names. And it's this like everyone it. but Myers. Like, like yeah, like <laughs> maybe, much. like maybe we need to completely rethink that. Maybe, maybe bringing back Luke Shen. I mean, as much as you like a guy like that, he does. He brings up a ro- he, he takes up a roster spot, right? Yeah. So these are the questions that the Canucks are going to have to answer. 
And it is going to be very difficult because remaking the defense in the NHL is probably the most challenging thing to do. If you look at the list of pending unrestricted free agents, guys, it is not an impressive list. Young defensemen that are, you know, good players, typically they cost a lot. Um, I would put the number, the line at four and a half, not two and a half. Two and a half is too low. People would be hitting the over like crazy. Is that but isn't that crazy, though, that like people want wholesale change to this Canucks defense? Yeah. But it is so much easier said than done to do that, especially when you've got a contract like Ekman Larson's on the book. Everyone in Vancouver, including the Canucks, would be rid of that contract if they could. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to do it. Costs a lot of money yeah. to do it. Costs and, assets, costs cap space. And they could have started doing this last off season, which is when the remodeling of the blue line. Yeah, but they tried. They and should, I think I think it underscored tried, they should have tried harder. I think it underscored how difficult it is. I would have taken some of that Mikheyev try and and put it elsewhere. Well they have to ask serious questions of like what are they willing to do in order to be rid of some of these contracts? Yeah. Now, obviously, you want to test the market first because the market might be different than it was last off season. because I think there's light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to cap space. Mm-hmm. I think it is going to be easier to move the likes of Connor Garland or Brock Besser or whoever you want to move. Yeah. It's going to be easier to trade Tyler Myers because he's only got one year left on his deal. But it's still not going to be, quote-unquote, easier Easy. It's just going to be easier. This is the most innuendo we've ever had in an Ask Us Anything before. It's from Mike, the urologist in Brockville. It's about wieners. But I'm not going in the direction you think I'm going in. I'm not. Mike wants to know, do you prefer a regular hot dog like a Schneider's Red Hot or a larger sausage like a Smokey? I don't know if we should lean on you or exclude you because you worked at a sausage-making factory. Yeah, I I might be a little biased when it comes to this conversation. I have to... Give disclosure. Um, I am a regular old school hot dog day in elementary school hot dog guy. Uh, the, yeah. the the place by my house. I loved hot dog day. The place by my house uh, sells Nathan's famous hot dogs. You know the Fourth of July, mm-hmm. the ones that yeah, Joey yeah. Chestnut yeah, crammed in his face. It's it's the most um, simple, basic. Thing. Sometimes no, the smokies are too much. Too much. I don't. It's just I don't, too much. I don't like the snap. Of when you bite into a smoke, I know. Sometimes, sometimes like the 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 oh God, there's going to be innuendo here. Say the, it. The hot juices. Yeah. When you snap into that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The juice. No, can please get in your explain face. thoroughly. Yeah. You know what happens when that gets in your eye? <laughs> Ruff still thinks about hot dog day. I, I used to love it. Those uh, wax poetic about oh. my mom yeah. limited me to two hot dogs, but I could have easily done three. Like <laughs> in great, elementary school, the greatest no thing my yeah. ele- the greatest thing my elementary school ever did was they they hacked the code of what toppings were going to be on the hot dogs. You could get ketchup, mustard, or relish. I had right. my plane in elementary school. They color-coded what? the napkins. Mm. That's interesting. Did you, yeah. have, did you go chestnut Didn't like ketchup. Did, did you no Joey mustard, chestnut? no relish? Nothing. He no ate him Joey Chestnut style. He dipped them in some water. They crammed it down. Yeah, it was a contest. <laughs> Can I just play this clip of how sultry Bruff sounded when you mentioned hot dog yes. day? Like, I loved hot dog day. Oh, yeah. You really loved hot dog day. Well, it's my, my voice, too, is like hot dogs. A couple people have mentioned that... Um, as your voice has slowly started to return to mm-hmm. normal, you've kind of hit that, what uh, Laddie was talking about. There's that, that moment where you go from sounding sick to kind of sounding sultry, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're there right now. Even if it's like a negative story, like, the Canucks gave up five goals again last night. <laughs> Goddamn, it was a sexy blowout. Do you, li- <laughs> like, do you like that? Yeah. 
Uh, Tanbeer's got an, uh, an Ask Us Anything. Of course he does. Would you guys ever hop on the Kraken bandwagon? Being Seahawks fans, knowing the type of fan base Seattle is, sort of tempts me, but I think it has more to do with the state of the Canucks than the Kraken being a great story. No, I'm not considering going on the Kraken bandwagon. I would have went deep for sure. Why? Absolutely. No, but you'll feel guilty about that. No, well, all my family's from Seattle, so I mean, I got a bit of a bias, I guess. But no, I totally would. If the Kraken somehow made like, I think it would take, it would have to take like the conference finals. What? But if they somehow made the conference finals, I would totally hop. So on what board. happens in 15 years now when the Canucks are out of this, and they have a big series against the Kraken, and you obviously want the Canucks to win that, mm-hmm. and you remember those days when you cheated on the Canucks? So we I didn't to, cheat on the Canucks; they're out of the playoffs. So we have to publicly flog, we have to publicly flog you. If it would be only be cheating if they were both in the playoffs at the same time, and you chose the Kraken for some reason. You know, I learned a very good lesson about cheating on your teams in 2011 because I cheated on the Canucks with the Boston Bruins early in the season. But look at them now, and it came back to bite me. His life has been ruined. It ruined my family. Yeah. <laughs> and my voice. All he has left is hot dog day. Um, yeah. I am. Here's my. my Show opinion. up to elementary schools and. <laughs> I hear you guys have hot dogs. I hear you guys have hot dogs. Well, he's on a list now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sir, you are no longer allowed within 500 feet Why is of my this photo up on your bulletin board. Um, okay. Focus. Is that a sign of respect? Focus. <laughs> it's the hot dog guy. Focus. Focus. Kids running everywhere. <laughs> scatter, scatter. Focus. <laughs> Focus. Where are you going, children? <laughs> I am. Uh, we're going to talk about the Seattle Kraken now. <laughs> we are going to talk about the Seattle Kraken now. Uh, my official stance on them is I am actively paying attention. I'm not going to go near. Dude, they a- beat the Bruins at home. First time regulation nah, last night. Uh, Three nothing. Shut them out. I thought that might be That's a comeback insane. to Earth game. Oh, my goodness. That was awesome. Three nothing. So not only. Okay, did- calm down. It was about awesome. the Kraken, okay? <laughs> With Vancouver's own Martin Jones in goal. Uh, back-to-back shutouts from Marty Jones. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. I don't, none of their none of this team makes sense to me. Uh, former Bruin Martin Jones, I should mention. That's right. He was there for a while, for a brief moment, for like ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, Are they regretting it now? Probably not. Daniel Sprong, Ely Tolvanen, all these scrap heap guys are playing awesome. This defense. What, when did Vince Dunn become a point of game defense? How, this team makes no sense. To it me. doesn't make any sense. Martin Jones. They've, their penalty killing is almost as bad as the Canucks. Yeah, none of it. They're makes in the sixties as well. Crazy. Mar- Martin Jones has turned into like a Vesna caliber netminder. Hey, you get back to back shutouts. That's too- he has more shut double. This week shutout. he's been. Yeah, yeah. I just it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. But they dominated Boston yesterday. No one has gone into Boston this year and beat them in regulation. Obviously, nobody has gone into Boston and held them off the sheet. And Boston was coming off a three game winning streak. It just it. I don't get it. The first goal on Olmark was uh, a bit of a it was not great a doozy. Maybe it just got off on the wrong foot, and then they just they couldn't score on, on Martin Jones. They're on a they're, compare compare the the road swings right now. Now I know the Canucks have had tougher opponents, but the Kraken are on a seven game road swing. They've won the first. You know how hard it is to win the first six games in a seven game road. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It hasn't hard been, to do on a homestand, let alone a road. It trip. hasn't been done since 2015. The Blackhawks did it in 2015 in their heyday. And the next team to do it was the Seattle. But didn't Kraken. they start the year like twenty and zero? They had this is their second, I think, winning streak of this length. It's pretty crazy. Uh, I'm going to do a quick, quick one here. Kevin on the road, ask us anything, Bruff. If you were to list your top five movies of all time, how many of those are made after the '90s? Mm, that's a tough call. I don't. I don't know. I mean, the the movie. After the, the 90s, so 2000s and beyond? Honestly, the last movie that I was really excited about, like I enjoyed Top Gun, but the last movie that I was really excited about that I went to see in the theater was Hell or High Water. 
I really like that. I think that might be top 10 for me. I don't know if it's top five. Hmm. I've got the, the state, list. No, no, but hold on a sec. The state of movie making right now is pathetic. There is nothing out there that I'm excited to, to go watch. What about 80 for Brady? We actually, just, let's just come on. We actually have the type of jobs where you can just go see a matinee. And I used to enjoy doing that, like the solo movie. You go there and you'd watch it and you like the, it would be about the movie experience. There is nothing in the theaters that I want to watch right now. Hmm. I think it's I think it's that we were talking about the lowest point for the Canucks in franchise history. I think it's possible right now that we're in the lowest point for movies ever. I've been trying to organize ever. a movie day with my wife is horrible for about a month. Horrible. Because we keep going through the show times and being like I don't want to see this. this. Yeah. I don't want to see any of this. The same conversation. We've had it like four different times. I thought Top Gun saved the movies. Well, it did to a degree. I mean, it, it broke all kinds of crazy records and brought people back in groves to cinema. I think it so, said a lot about the state of the, the movies right now that that one was like, oh, I'm going to. Well, because you know, there's not a lot so of, few movies out there that I want to see that I'm going to see that I'm going to go watch this one. It's because so few films are being made like that movie anymore. Very few spectacle movies anymore these days for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, Avatar. Avatar is another one. Like Avatar is bringing. People I have no back interest in, in that, though. None. No, that's, that's fair. None. But I'm saying, like, those are like, like it's, it, it, those what, are like what's, the exceptions what's, to the rule. What's the draw there? Because it is it the, the story three, or is it the no, CGI? Oh God, like, it's not the story. Like, no, it's, I don't, it's the. Three. I don't care about special effects. It, I don't care about fight scenes. I don't care about. You will the, like, hate give it, me then. a good story. That's not bad. Give me a good story. It's it's a it's the spectacle, the three D, the effects, yeah. So I mean, yeah, you would not enjoy it whatsoever. The types of movies you'd like to see are probably not in theaters, is what it comes down to. They're the indie films, the stuff that's getting made on the low budgets, and a lot of them go straight to streaming now yeah. as well, right? A lot of these movies of that style, uh, because and I think that's part of it. I think there's something to, to be said for the movie experience. Yeah, it's, just, it's not streaming as streaming is it's 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 the it's pandemic just changed not the same. It. Anyway, that was my rant. That was my rant. Come on, Hollywood. I figure it out. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.